This is your announcer, Shannon St. Mainframe, welcoming you to our IPA livecast. It's October 1st, which some might refer to as the beginning of spooky season. I hate the term spooky season. I live in a box under Rob's desk. Every minute of every day for me is spooky season. Don't get me started. Our IP live cast starts now. Rob, let, let her up, out. Shannon. Let her out. Let no. You're done for the day. Oh. Uh, 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 She's done anyway. Uh, she just reads uh, the intro and that's it. Yeah. Like, relax. You can't and fire me. I quit. You're a piece of AI. You're not even real. Like, relax, girl. I said that a couple weeks ago and you yelled at me. What, 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 what changed your mind? Well, now she's coming after me. Oh. Ah, wow. Wow. <laughs> Hypocrite. Moral relativism. Hypocrite. Hypocrite! <laughs> coming in hot! Because it's October 1st. Q4 officially underway, folks. And uh, we're here. Thank Get you your business in. savvy, Rob. Retiree investment <laughs> World Q4. traveler. Q4, he says. I just I just split the year into, into quarters. Sorry, it's just my, my nature. Is that when you get years your big in the publishing checks? industry? <laughs> a little bit, uh, uh-huh. behind the a little behind the curtain. Yeah, we would pay each other quarterly. That, that, like we would do our I should rather I would say we would do our accounting quarterly. Well, I mean now, now that you're you know kicking your heels oh, no. up with the, the big corporate checks coming in to do nothing in your little gilded cage of retirement. <laughs> oh, that I'm not discussing, but no, <laughs> those checks are not quarterly. Was that a lump sum? Like I said, I'm not discussing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the only lump you'll discuss is the one in your ass crack. Come on. Yeah, that's right. And I'm about to get it aspirated another time. I'm about to get it sucked out. Has to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's going to be on the cover of Forbes next month, and the caption is LGBTQ4. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's like it, the acronym has been extended, even now. Like I know, IA, right? It's like IIA2. Uh, What's two? two? What's comma the two? Zero, two comma zero, comma zero. <laughs> well, like, I'm, yeah, like for me, it's weird because it's like I want to be respectful and inclusive, but at the same time, it does come off a little. A little, uh, I don't want to say silly, but like, I, I can't think of a better At word. At some point, you got you to gotta have the term be catchy enough that people want to say it and aren't looking for right. excuses to not say it. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> my Yeah, like my thing is, well, because they started the wrong way. Like they started by doing the four major first original excluded groups. Yeah. Which was LGBT. And then... That's where, like, that was probably the poor choice because then you had to keep adding all the other people who are legitimately have grievances that they're excluded. But then it just becomes so long, you just need to catch all term yeah. in some way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like your really suggestion. LGBTQIA2S is the, is the comma zero, comma zero, comma zero, which comma of course zero. stands for intersex, asexual, and two spirit. What does two spirit mean? That's for native. Uh, it's like it's native, like yeah. Indigenous it's like the people's indigenous people. It's not necessarily uh, trans. It's 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 almost a bit. And, and excuse me to any two spirit people if I am uh, speaking correctly, but I, it's like a, almost a, a catch all to be like uh, 
to be perhaps like it could be gender fluid, it could be between the genders, or it could be literally two like two genders in the sense of sometimes you feel more masculine presenting and sometimes you feel more uh, feminine presenting. But I don't. I, you lost me with the what is the you said something about um, Native Americans? Like what does that have to do with it? That's, That's what where, they call it. That's where it originated. Yeah, like it's from just their, you know, it, it culture okay. predates predates America. This kind of uh, these right. type of beings in their in their culture. Okay, I but you don't have to be a Native American in order or an indigenous person to be this uh, designation, correct? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it, I think the, they just wiki, use one of the other terms. Then. In the wiki, it says it is used. Uh, it is an umbrella used umbrella term used by. Uh, the indigenous North Americans uh, who fulfill a traditional third gender or gender variant ceremonial or social role in their cultures. So I think that's really what it is. It just comes from their ceremonies where there would be a figure that wouldn't, that would be a third, you know, like would be a androgynous kind of presenting figure. So none of us like cis white guys on this podcast could say that we're two spirit or we would be appropriating their culture. Yeah, correct? I believe correct. So. Yes, I, I believe see. that is correct. Were you about to say that you were two spirit? I was. I was, yourself? I was going to, to announce that I was two spirit, and now I feel like I I be appropriating well, you, culture. You you could say you're an ally of the of the two. I am and definitely an ally. One hundred percent. I support you. Am I allowed to say that I am zero spirit? That's I can confirm that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I've never known how to describe myself. Now I finally got the term. I took Spirit Airlines once. Oh no, it was not fun. I have yet to experience Spirit. Do they still exist? Yeah, they just got bought out, I believe, by JetBlue. So, I well, then they don't exist, do they? Like the, the brand. Oh, they're not gonna cancel the brand. Hey, they're not gonna fly in here. It's such hey. a nationally beloved brand. You can't can't get I'm rid of Spirit Airlines. What jokes would the Daily Show make about airlines if they didn't have Spirit to make fun of? I mean, what do you think? I'm flying in the air with an airplane. I sold my business already. I got zero <laughs> Spirit. <laughs> That's probably what uh, that guy sounds like. <laughs> Sure. Do you want Stuart? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually. A little bit. He's like the Nebuchy version of that guy. Maybe he'll come back to The Daily Show now that Trevor Noah's leaving. Oh, yeah, I didn't even I, know I, that. That's how little I pay attention yeah. to The Daily Show. I, I am know. so excited. Whoa, whoa. Wait, hold on. Because what could replace him? It could be even worse than Trevor Yeah, Noah. that's... Yeah. Uh he was so he was so bad as a host. Uh, do you wa- do you wa- even do you still watch it? Yes, I, I watch you, every episode. Yes, really. Yes, <laughs> the correspondents are still here? good, but Trevor Noah is horrendous. You're a co- completionist. Like I, am. I am. But well, like, SNL, I'm the SNL to me. It's like almost like sports. Yeah, like, it's for like sure. is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> like, are they tackling the right subject? Is do you have good? when you say it's like sports? Does that extend to like, for example, when your sports team sucks? Do you root for it to get better? Like the next yeah. three years from now, oh, they're, yeah. they're yeah, in a rebuilding always, process. Because like, if we're going to keep watching the show anyway, we want it to be entertaining. We want it to improve. Yeah. We don't want to. Well, I, and, that's why I stopped because it wasn't entertaining me anymore. It still has its I have, moments. I have limited time to invest in these types of things. 
Oh, well, it's an hour. It's an hour on a on a Sunday. I could hour and a half, that. isn't it? And well, you uh, fast forward. No, with the commercials, you know. Oh, you don't need oh, okay. And the music. You fast commercial. forward the music. I yeah. just thought it's live. You know, you got to watch it when it's live. That was the whole appeal to me. I That's do watch it when it's live if I'm if I'm up that late. But I'm a fucking old man now, and yeah. I go to bed at like ten thirty. Yeah. Or the- I was I I was where you were <laughs> probably in like two thousand ten with snl i was like this still sucks but i love snl going back you know however many years of my life so i want to be nostalgic and then it just wore on me i was like this just sucks like it just stinks i don't well i want to watch this the, in recent times i feel the darkest period was like the last few trump years because they just got so complacent and formulaic and it was just who could we get to cameo like it wasn't at all about the writing and the comment and the writing was so bad. And I guess that's really what it is. Like it's kind of a sports thing about the writing for me. Like is the writing actually like the type of comedy that I enjoy or is it could even be a more, you know, catch all type of mainstream comedy. As long as it's funny. Number one is, is it's funny? Is it funny? And is it my kind of funny? Well, that's the thing with the Trump years. Like you, you're right about the Trump years, but I just don't think like that was the era when it was really terrible for me. But and I did check in. I watched clips, you know, like that became popular or that were being dunked on. I basically almost watched the whole show many weeks (laughs) just via YouTube clips. But I just think it it just just because it was during Trump, it wasn't only the Trump sketches that were bad, though. Like, oh, for, absolutely. Same sensibility and worldview, like, kind of pervaded the whole show. <laughs> and it was just very well, I think it's gotten a little better now. I don't really, I, I'll be fair and say I don't really keep I enjoy it. I, I feel like there were good episodes last season. And either bad or good, I'm I'm just gonna watch it. I it's it's yeah. like watching uh, Raw. Although funny enough, I've actually like I, I've cut out Raw most weeks. Me too. I'm back watching it now that uh, now that it's a new regime. But I just I, I mean I'm not I'm not exaggerating when I say that I had a, actually had a talk with myself and like I really sat down and thought about it and I was like not just with SNL but like I have so much shit to watch. I have a finite amount of hours. What where can I make cuts? <laughs> what is something I watch all the time that's a waste of my time? And SNL did not make that cut. So sorry. But I do check in on it. Like I said, I, every now and then, although it's been a, I've lapsed quite a bit for a while now. I'm curious this season. This is a big like transition year for them because a lot of cast members left. And in my opinion, some of the cast members that left were kind of like stinking up the place. Not that they're necessarily bad, Ooh, but it was they just hung it. out. They hung around too long. Who yeah, yeah. Well, number one, Kate McKinnon. Oh, yeah. I couldn't like the la- like she went from being my favorite cast member to maybe my least favorite. Like to the point where uh, the thing to your point, Darren, of not being able to watch it. One thing I allow myself to do is I am so familiar with i guess the i don't want to say the snl formula but essentially like the snl patterns because there can only be so many types of live sketches that they do so they they they, they have this and, and when they break the formula it's the most interesting but when they are following the formula i just fast forward i skip the sketch what's an example of that can i ask you i can't well it's nothing memorable because i <laughs> i skip through but like and i would find myself skipping through kate mckinnon's sketch because it's like all right it's another one where she's just playing weird all right i get it fast forward or 
or uh, or really all the political cold opens. Although sometimes I would just hate watch them for like how bad how bad the jokes were, or if I could predict the punchline of the joke, which I got pretty good at. Yeah, well, that's that's sort of the issue with them in the Trump era is that they felt obligated to have a political cold open every week, even yeah. when they didn't really have anything to say. It's like, well, we got to do something about Trump or something about what's going on yeah. in politics. Do we have a take? Do we have anything to say about any of it? Not really, no. but we got to do something. So let's just whatever and the it worst is. of it is when the the Trump news of the week was he was at this debate and he said something racist. And rather than say, like, instead of saying the, they would recreate the debate. And then when it got to the part where he said something racist, they would say something 20 times more racist than what Trump said under the guise of no, no, like we're not racist. We're making fun of right. Trump being racist, but like the only humor is in how fucked up the racist comedy is, you know, like I hated that. Right. That's yeah. And I don't think I don't, I mean, SNL was always political, so I'm not like anti political sketches on SNL. Yeah. It's just like, or even like anti bashing Democrat. There's plenty of great, sketches of the uh, jim downey wrote uh in like the 90s and stuff about clinton and everything it just feels like an activism show <sighs> like it doesn't feel like that well, let's skewer everybody i would be in favor of that and well the Trump. best is what i feel like my favorite stuff lately is when it's not political when it's just like making fun of just day-to-day -day stuff when when there isn't a political slant to yeah the it's just something everyone can relate to uh which kind of now that we're, we're on this i want to bring up this uh, new dating app because oh because it kind of it kind of ties into this where I feel like you know the best comedy is comedy that both side both opinions both sides of the opinion could agree on could like laugh at you know like it's not skewering one side over the other necessarily um but this is not that this is just the most <laughs> ridiculous thing oh, uh so I'm there's very a new, excited there's a new conservative uh dating app called the right stuff and 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 with all uh dating apps you know there there there's a dating app for every micro niche mm -hmm. um even micronesians and, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and microfesians people who enjoy microfiche oh wow that's an older right. reference than joe franklin that <laughs> means it is I feel like we've had a microfiche reference on the show before. So I, I do have a question before you get started. Does the right stuff have a uh, checkbox option for two S? Uh, no. So oh. it's only it's only there's only the only genders allowed are, are male and female, and the only and it's only for straight conservatives. Oh. And the and the irony the checkmate conservatives by liberals is that this is a, a app being funded by Peter Thiel, which is a famously gay conservative. Oh, I didn't know he was gay. Okay. Uh, is that I a guess, joke? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, oh, he would love to. He would love to hear that because okay. <laughs> that's his whole that's his whole vibe. I don't well, if I don't, he's famously gay. Then why would he love to hear that someone doesn't know that he's gay? Well, because his <laughs> whole thing is like being gay doesn't define me. Uh, sort of like the, you. And the the reason that oh well, it kind of, it's kind of defines me. It's, I don't know. But, Part uh, of who you are and sunflower seeds. Yeah, but gay. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> uh, he spoke at the Trump. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just sunflowers. That's the only other thing. Yeah. That, oh, One weed. Other thing. Wrestling, you're, t- you're 2S. Hey. <laughs> Sunflower <laughs> seeds and smoking hot dudes. That's what you like. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, like at the um, at the RNC when Trump was getting elected, he famously said, "Like, it, you know, enough talk about what bathrooms we're using, and let's, yeah, like that's what he said. Enough talk about what bathrooms. No, he doesn't tell like that. Oh, <laughs> but, but it would be too. No, no, no. Uh, and I'm talking about what bathrooms are using and let's worry about the economy or some bullshit like that. When it's uh, like uh, conservatives are the ones talking about that. Like right. it's your your group here that, that's no. concerned about. It. Would you bang um, Peter Thiel? <laughs> no, he's too uh, like he looks too dead in the eyes. I don't know. He looks too. But you wouldn't be looking into his eyes anyway. Plus, I, well, I have to see without a shirt on to make a full assessment. I have totally a shirtless Peter Thiel. Totally fair. Uh, but with with the suit on, it doesn't work for me. I'll say, and like he does, he is he is one of the people that uh, just screams like amoral evil to me <laughs> in the sense Can of I... like he doesn't care. He's just about making money, and and doesn't matter uh, uh, who who he steps over to take it. Can I ask you a Chuck Klosterman uh, question? I mean, uh, oh, <laughs> by the way, check our Patreon. Uh, did yeah. a Chuck Klosterman episode where we do uh, tough questions uh, on little cards. Very fun. What was that, what was that game called, Sid? Hypotheticals? Yeah. Hypotheticals. Yes. Uh, my, a bunch of questions. Right. Good. Oh, I thought you were going to plug no, no, no. it. Well, go ahead. Well, yeah, we ask, we ask each other a bunch of hypothetical questions that are pretty odd, and we end up... Uh, going off on a whole like 90 minute yeah. episode about it. It's pretty great on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash RAPL Live guys. So my Chuck Klosterman question, hypothetical to you, is uh, supposing Sid just Googled Peter Thiel. He has a stellar bod. He's mm-hmm. ripped. And you would you would you put aside the moral evil of uh, Peter Thiel and just or would that be a well, positive because you could hate yeah. fuck him? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I love that idea is very appealing to me. Like, oh, cool. Like, All right. Like, like, uh, hate fucking like a hot MAGA guy who's like super homophobic and like putting mm. him in his place. Have you like done it. that? Like, maybe, <laughs> have you ever maybe, maybe not full on, but like dipped your toe in that? Maybe the person was no. had leaning tendencies. Okay. No. I, 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 I went on a date. Yeah. I went on a date with a, uh, a, and it was just like that's it. We can't hang out again. It didn't work. The, but you know what? I was open to. It wasn't because I, this is the point I wanted to make. Like, which let's let's watch this commercial, and then I'll talk about. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll talk about it. Uh, all right, here we go. So I'm uh, sharing the screen. Here we are. So this is the the ad for the right stuff, and these. Actresses, these yeah. conservative actresses are. Are they even conservative, or were they just given a list of words to say without yeah. context? Well, either way, whoever question. whoever wrote this copy uh, should not get more work in the future. <laughs> that's that's all I'll say. I'm excited. You guys could hear it, right? Yes. yes. I'm always I'm always paranoid about that. Turn up the volume. Let's do it. The date. What are you looking for in a partner? A mugshot. They just have to be a conservative. Definitely someone that wants to have kids. That's it. I like an independent man. Personally, I like the alpha male vibe. I want a man who really. That girl looks like like Snooki, you know? (laughs) He looks like if Megan McCain and Snooki had a daughter. 
Yeah. Oh, she, I mean, she looked like a 99 cent star on a Nicole Smith. That was okay. And like, I want an outfit. Like, like, did, did I know? I get what she's saying, but like, what I'm hearing is, I want a domestic abuser. I want to be slapped across. The well, face she has big husband. New Jersey energy, so yeah. <laughs> Another one said, yeah. "I he just just needs to be conservative. Doesn't make it have no teeth. It doesn't matter. It can be, <laughs> just give me a conservative. I just oh, want a Lubavitcher Rebbe. That's all." <laughs> Menachem Schneerson is my yeah, dig him up. My ideal man. Yeah, literally him, not like someone like him. Literally his corpse. He's conservative. He's gonna come back one day. Personally, I like the alpha male vibe. I want a man who really loves his family. Definitely someone whose faith is important to them. For me, it's someone who actually wants to meet my parents. You want to date a conservative? For me, it's someone who thinks I'm from an inferior race. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like I like like who doesn't want to meet their like if it's a serious relationship, why wouldn't you want to meet the parents? You know, that that's a weird thing to me. Well, if your parents are like you know George and Barbara Bush, maybe <laughs> I wouldn't want anyone to meet. Them. <laughs> maybe all the conservative guys that she dates don't want her to meet their parents for some particular reason. Mm. Yes, because they're in the clan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Why do you? For me, at least I know. Why do you want to date a? It would be great if she just went. I I don't. What is? Who said? (laughs) When did I say that? (laughs) Cut. (laughs) Date a conservative. For me, at least I know that we're going to start off with some shared values. Yeah. Well, the conservative men I've dated at least know how to treat me like a woman. In my personal experience. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? They They hold the door open for her, and then as she walks past, they smack her in the ass. (laughs) They don't call her dude. It means all non-conservative men that she dated were gay because they that's all (laughs) non-conservative men are all gay. So they they wanted her to dress as a man and like, you know, take her breast down. It's so weird to me. Like, we have shared values. Like are you saying that like non-conservatives are okay with murder? Like oh, no. oh, oh yeah, babies, like, Rob. Yes. Abortion. Oh, baby murder. You're right. Oh, so silly of me. And you know, like teaching children, like grooming children in schools. Yeah. They all right. quote unquote that. grooming. Right. And conservative guys have better manners. I like that they understand their role in the relationship as a man. I just prefer my men to be masculine. And what's the biggest reason? I prefer my men to have a penis. Yeah. (laughs) Unlike liberals. (laughs) I went out with a man and he was totally flat and smooth down there, like a Ken doll. I prefer my men. I prefer my men to dick me down, baby. (laughs) Liberals could never. (laughs) I prefer to get dicked down, thank you. Oh me! I, I want I to sloppy. Want... <laughs> to make me sloppy by big dick. Oh. I only date men who refuse to eat pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Sorry, libs. I just I... want Joe Pesci. I only do anal. Liberals <laughs> could never. I'm still a virgin. <laughs> I love just this. Sorry. The... I like the her big Texas necklace. <laughs> That tells me that they prefer my men actress. <laughs> to be masculine. And what's the biggest red flag when it comes to dating? A Democrat. No Democrats. A Democrat. Can't be a Democrat. I mean, I kind of agree, but yeah. okay. Uh, well, <laughs> for Democrat. different reasons. That's easy. Yes. <laughs> a Democrat. 
no Democrats. Like, like in the sense of like, if you're telling me you're a Hillary, Hillary supporter, no, sorry, we're not hanging out. It's a no. Uh, <laughs> hold on, wait. So it's different. It's different. Okay, you, but like you date what? men, it's different. When you date a woman, like a lot of them, uh, a lot not a people. I'm not picking on women, but I'm saying Hillary Clinton has that uh, cachet in the news of like she was the first serious female uh, woman candidate. And uh, can you read that, Rob, please? Yeah, we just got a comment from 50 Shortcake. During the stream, and the first thing I heard was 3D saying he only does anal. Now, in a woman's voice, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, you know, some people follow politics casually. It doesn't make them bad people. Like she <laughs> right. Be inspired by like Hillary Clinton, you know, running for president. I could like, I mean, I might clash with them politically at some point but i wouldn't like totally strike them off the ledger just because. that's exactly what i wanted to say is that ultimately if their heart is in the right place you know i don't mind not aligning completely politically you know we're obviously gonna have to agree on something but, but there's there's some benchmarks that you can't yeah like, tread on like uh if they're you know if they start saying just blatantly racist stuff or you know that kind of thing homophobic right stuff. right 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 well, you were yeah, not yes. the <laughs> Well, there's some self-loathing uh, game. Yeah, there's That's definitely. That, well, that was. The well, you might like that, though. <laughs> the Peter Thiel thing. Uh, yeah, I want to. I went on a date with this uh, uh, self-identifying black Republican who, as we were talking, and I, I was being like, "Oh, I believe in this." Blah, blah, blah. He literally was like, "Oh my God, Rob, are you a?" <gasps> socialist oh i'm just kidding uh, and i'm like no actually yes i am <laughs> yes there's you know i'm not offended that's what i am when, uh, but it was it was self-holding in the sense that uh uh he he grew up and uh uh came from the projects and like had grew up on social services and he was very much into cutting social services because he thought that it made people lazy and, and not him that, like, though, but it, everyone else that he knew Right, he exactly. That's he exactly. It. He's, it's because he saw it for. That was his thing. He's like, I saw it firsthand, and, and, yeah. and I'm like, that's absurd. And then I was like, even those people, like the amount of money that, like, you know, is wasted on people who are quote unquote abusing the system, is pennies really on the dollar compared to the tax evasion from the billionaires. And then we got onto like Elon Musk, and then like he started praising Elon Musk for like what a, a brilliant. Guy and I'm like, no, he's not fucking brilliant at all. And then like I'm starting, I'm laying out all the stuff, and then he goes, Wow, you sure know a lot about Elon Musk for someone who doesn't like him. And I go, That's exactly why I don't like him, is because yeah. I know it. I've I've learned about him. If you don't know anything about him, he seems like this virtuous fucking guy, but he's just a fucking billionaire scammer who's taking advantage of other people's ideas who hasn't come up with the fucking original thought ever and was handed his money by his daddy exactly like he, he didn't or, yeah it's not like he was poor and was a self-made <laughs> fucking billionaire by the way that's some argument that if you know who elon musk is and don't like him that you actually secretly love him that's like, like oh you're obsessed <laughs> do you have a crush on it like what like, every <laughs> single world war ii historian loves yeah. hitler i guess i don't know because they know well, like hitler. Hitler. Uh, Rob, no, not buying sure. a Tesla anytime soon? Asked as Heroes Muffler. If you asked me five years ago what my dream car uh, would be, it would have absolutely been a Tesla. The, now, absolutely not, because right. it is incredibly unsafe. Yeah, Safety is their last priority. Well, it's unsafe it's if you do like autopilot. If you're the one driving it, isn't it fine? No. 
uh, so even if you don't sometimes do goes into autopilot. There, there have been times where the autopilot got triggered on its own oh, without God. the user doing it and <laughs> fucking slammed into a tree. Or <laughs> and here's the other thing: there's certain uh, mechanisms. Like, so if God forbid, God forbid, your Tesla <laughs> falls into a body of water and you are submerged in water, the the locks automatically lock and you cannot open your door. And the Why would only that... way, the only way to undo this, oh, because they're electric. And so there would be, it has to shut down all the electric. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. There's some fucking reason. The only way to undo that trigger is you have to pull out the right passenger seat in the back and then open this valve and then there's like a thing to undo it's like the most dumbest thing you're you're, you're already dead. drowned by then yeah. you're dead yeah you're dead and it's all you're because dead. You wanna... <laughs> if this is his stealth way of reducing the amount of rich people in the world by killing them in these accidents then the rich people have teslas isn't that who there's... has tesla they're not even that expensive anymore you can get one for the 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 cheapest model is twenty five grand. That's that's, that's the above price my price like range. A, but even when they you came don't out, pay it up front, like, they weren't like exorbitant. It. They were like you know yeah. maybe upper middle class people had. Oh really? Like, I thought they were it wasn't like Lamborghinis. Or oh okay. Yeah no no no. They're just well, like, so people richer than me. Expensive. So let them die. Fuck them. But it's probably not that like th their lowest end models. It is not that much more expensive than the car that you have. It's like a slightly more premium version of that. No, even that. Yeah. Any, I mean, any amount better than me. But regardless. <laughs> but anyway, there's other cars that are electric now. Exactly. So like, why yeah, do you I, need to I, put I, Elon Musk then? To the, th that's the point I was making, is that there are much more trusted car makers now making electric cars that I would be more willing to, to use. <clears throat> and really, like, it's not the end. Like, electric cars aren't the ultimate solution. Uh, Wait, no reference. Are we sorry. back on the that Nazis is, again? <laughs> oh boy! Oh. They're, 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 what is the they, ultimate solution, Rob? If anything, they're a stopgap to the to the climate problem. Ultimately, we need to reduce the number of cars. We need to do the Flintstones where we drive with our feet. Yeah, I mean that would be that would be great. <laughs> Dusty's asking what kind of car I have. I have a used CRV. Twenty four. I think. America, do you want this or this? <laughs> Think about it. Well, it's spooky season, so we probably need to go with the first one. Wow. Yeah. Sounds Frankenstein-y. All right. Electricity wins. Oh, man. She reminded me of the monsters. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should mention that came out today. Yes, well. it is October 1st. Which means it's a new bonus episode on our Patreon, patreon.com slash IRPA livecast. Five bucks a month gets you in and archives, all of our archives, over two years of archives, and a brand new episode. We just posted a roundtable review of the new Monsters movie that's on Netflix, directed by <laughs> Rob Zombie. And I got to tell you, you don't you really don't need to watch the movie. Just listen to us roast the movie because it is brutal. I mean, you can watch it if you like goth things, goth backdrops. But if you like plot and uh, development, character development, well, you're not going to find it here. There's a ton of plot. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like four different plots mashed into one, all at the same time, all contradicting mm -hmm. each other. 
It's like there were multiple teams of writers that just submitted random pages without consulting each other, seeing what the other group was doing. Oh. And then they just smushed all the pages together. Like, here's the script. It took Direct us it. it took us like 45 minutes just to figure out what the movie was about, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. I'm please listen. Sure. Please join the Patreon and listen to this episode. It's one of the funniest things I remember ever doing uh, on our Patreon. It's so good. Yeah. I had such a fun time dissecting this movie with you. Mm. Well, thank you. <laughs> I think that might be our best roundtable discussion episode. Huh. It's definitely up there. I just because I think this was the one we were all on the same page yeah. like, the most. Uh-huh. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like we had uh similar notes uh, that we brought <laughs> to the table without consulting with each other. Yep. Um interesting uh in the in the Discord I, I see uh who I forgot who, who shared this that Amsterdam considers banning cannabis tourists from its coffee shops. Good. Fed up with zone visitors and worried by hard drug criminality, the mayor wants to clean up the city, but will it work? I feel like the story comes out every few years and then they don't do anything about it just because of how much money they make from the fucking tour. So why? But I will say it does feel very overcrowded, way more so. I mean, I'm very uh, lucky to have been able to gone multiple times, and this last time it felt like it felt like a bit too much. It felt like the whole city felt like Times Square. Like the city isn't isn't built for that much tourism because you couldn't find a seat anywhere to eat you know everything was packed up you had to wait it was a little much uh, so stop like, going you're part of the problem it i agree with you and, right. and now that i've gone to some of the outer cities and found that they're like still just as cool but quieter you don't gotta go to amsterdam at all so what are the know. outer cities blow up the spots Utrecht is the one that I went to that I really liked. But uh, my friends went to some of the other ones like um, Antwerp and uh, the one where the, the road burn is. I forget that city. There is a uh, neighborhood called the uh, street called New Utrecht in Brooklyn. But yeah. Rob, Rob prefers the old Utrecht. He misses it. Isn't <laughs> Antwerp in Belgium? Is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, there was some. There's some. Ant- I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm too stoned right now. Folks. You ever go to Antwink? <laughs> Antwink is Rob's uh, drag name. Antwink Belgium. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Shifty confirms Antwerp is in Belgium. Episode title. Antwink. Possibility. <laughs> uh, I'm So... There is a lot. What did kind of surprise me is how many people are on the streets offering harder drugs like Coke and speed. Uh, but uh, I did not partake in any of that. Just the greens for Haraba and then some mushroomage, but that's legal there. <clears throat> Let's see. All right, whatever. Oh, absolutely. So you couldn't eat the schnitzel in the restaurant. You had to go and eat it on the street. Like an animal, like a like dog, a dog on the street <laughs> with a plate of schnitzel. Yeah, or or really more like a waffle, a nice little waffle, or a crepe, crepe. Well, Rotterdam that's street food anyway. Uh, Rotterdam is where. Uh, Rotterdam. Rotter- Rot- Rotterdam is where um, that festival burn. Oh, uh, not burn. Road burn is. 
Uh, You've been city as well. I've never gone to Roadburn because I live by St. Vitus. So most of those bands just play St. Vitus. I don't have to go to fucking uh, Netherlands to see that shit. It's a whole new demographic of people to be recognized by when you're. But uh, I mean, literally all my the friends that I went to on my trip to Amsterdam most recently the reason they were in Netherlands was to go to that festival. And I just joined them on the week before they went to the festival. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to go see metal. I thought you went with like Marina and them. Marina and I left uh, oh. and the rest of them went. <clears throat> wow. I Til- oh my God. Those kind of people. I had it all wrong. Roadburn is in Tilburg. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Rob. Where did you even go? Did you leave my, New York? Go trust me for European geography. I'll tell you what. Fucking I just, hell, I, man. I just go where I, I just went where my friends told me to go. Rob, um, when you were in the Netherlands, uh, how was uh, Wales? Was that <laughs> yeah. did you have a good time in Wales? I went to New Wales in, Am- in, in Netherlands. New oh Wales. my god. What was so funny is the neighborhood that uh we were staying in was Harlem. But with two so, ways, right? Uh, was oh, it? What you mean? You're asking a lot here. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just that was it was spelled Harlem. <laughs> so that was, and there was a lot of streets uh, in. Yeah, in two ways. Were, Harlem with two ways. Uh, there was a lot of streets that that had familiar Brooklyn names, which is really nice. It was cute. It was cute. All right. Uh, speaking of cute, let's talk about Dave Mustaine. Oh boy. What's cute about that? Yeah. Uh, well, he actually had a little touch. He's lobbying now. There's two different interviews where, uh, he's been lobbying to write music with James Hetfield. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I first saw it, uh, in the new issue of Revolver magazine. Do you get that delivered? Yeah. Wow. Still with the, the actual paper magazines to the doorstep. Between me and you said it, it's a comp subscription. Oh, I, I assume. <laughs> uh, Rob doesn't pay for anything. Yeah, no. That's not true. What do you That's pay for? True. AEW. Concert tickets. Oh. That's it. Wrestling Sometimes. tickets. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, anyway, so <laughs> there was a piece where Dave Mustaine uh, answers fan questions. And one of the fan questions was who uh, was the fastest down picker of the big four. <laughs> I don't think he's officially recognized as, oh. as part of the big four. Oh, okay. I mean, um, that's what, big four of what? Big four of starting the big diseases? Four, yeah, of, thra- right of thrash metal. Of big oh. four of thrash metal. <laughs> and yeah, it actually ends up being a very little, a very touching uh, uh, little moment about who he touch? <laughs> his feelings towards James Hetfield. So let's take a listen. Okay. Fastest down picker. He's a prick. I don't know that that would be me. Probably be Hetfield. So he said, I, I don't know that that would be me. See, he's already being he- humble. 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 I mean, I'm the best at everything else. I'll let him have that one. He'd probably be Hetfield or Cherry. He's uh, very fast. Uh, player he's very talented at what he does and, and uh you know i never really watched his picking method to see if it was all down picking or if it was pedaling which goes back and forth some people call it butterfly picking other people call it pedaling i'd say it's got what do you, what do you call it darren 
I call it picking up the little pick thingy and strumming the strings with it <laughs> <laughs> repeatedly. Gotta <laughs> be James or Terry. Yeah. You know, I'd love to say it's me. I'm sure I've got some really fast down picking stuff, but I, I, I still think those guys are, are great. And, um, Headfield's still one of my favorite living guitar players. Let me go on the record right now. For now. I saw- <laughs> well, here's where it gets a little touching. Uh, he he references this clip where that we played uh, yeah. on the show. Yeah, where he had no confidence in himself, right? Yeah. Where yeah, Headfield said you know, he was like questioning himself, and he was he was. And I saw the thing with James on stage where he was saying that he was going through a rough patch. I was sad to see that because it's been one of those really weird love-hate relationships and the whole reason that i ever even pursued any of this was i really liked those guys you know if i if i didn't like them i would just say yeah fucking flush the toilet and we're done with it you know he's always been somebody that i really liked playing with i wished things wouldn't have ended the way that they did but you know case to i was uh a, a dumb thing that I did by taking my dog up to practice. And uh, it, it was even dumber to punch him. I really respect him and I, I respect his playing. And I, and I hope he knows that there are a lot of people out there like me that like him as a person and don't get two fucks about him being Metallica. I'm very confused here. Hold on. So. I've first things first. I've never heard him verbally reference the dog story. I know. Uh, he wrote it about it in his book, which is how it became a meme on our show because I read it out in his voice. But I've never heard him mention it. And secondly, from that, what he just said, it sounds like that incident was way more pivotal yeah. in him not being in Metallica and not being friends with them anymore. Which I know, I just thought he was telling that story as like color to their back. You know what I mean? Like this is it one thing that happened. On that, yeah, like he believes that him getting into a fight with James, uh, getting into the fisticuffs and using his Krav Maga, yeah, uh, uh, is Maga. what was what was the final straw and got him kicked out. I bet, or yeah. or maybe it was like it was perhaps what he felt was like where things shifted. Wow, yeah, because didn't so... they kick him out of New York? Like they got him like a bus ticket back to. Wasn't that the story? Right. So yeah. he didn't bring his dog to all the way to New York and then bring it to practice. So that must have been before. Mm-hmm. Right. That laid the groundwork. Yeah, but that's he's like sort of blaming himself now that he for the fu- not just for leaving Metallica or getting kicked out of Metallica, he's he's blaming himself for bringing the dog to get abused. That's very like a like. Um, a domestic violence victim excuse. Like Ooh. I did. This. Oh, I don't know. Well, no, but I think it's because he knew uh, the way I interpreted that aspect of it is he knew that the dog uh, would behave in a way where he, it would be aggressive. Cause didn't James kick the dog because the dog jumped on Ron McGovney. We jumped on Ron McGovney's car and was scratching the paint. I Something like that. Yeah. So it was an aggressive dog. And, and so to a was, car. He, I, I I'm not saying he should have kicked. This it, is but like I'm the saying... people that say they're against BLM because a Best Buy was looted. No, but I, <laughs> the point I'm making is like, look, I know how Bobka reacts to certain dog. Bobka is my dog for new mm. listeners, and I will just cross the street because I will not put her in a situation where she might act 
unbecoming. <laughs> so perhaps he's saying that like he should have thought that it, that environment wasn't the best place for his dog, where the dog would act out in such a way that would make James Hetfield lose his temper to the point that he would kick the dog, that resulting in the fisticuffs that ultimately led to Dave Mustaine leaving Metallica. Ultimately, I was blown away by the introspection here. This is very unlike past Dave Mustaine. That's for sure. I would agree with that. Yeah. He's like opening up. Do we think he's yeah. dying? Is this like uh, right before you die and you finally reflect and you get things off your chest? Is he hiding well, some bad medical or, or, or maybe it's one of those good cop, bad cop things where like right now he's kind of annoyed with Lars because they had that whole dispute about the uh, credits of that one song on the, on the demo, on the No Life to Leather demo, which is why... They wouldn't release it because they wanted uh, Lars wanted uh, publishing credit on one of these songs and Mustaine refused to allow it because he said that Lars did not contribute to the writing. It was just him and James. Uh, and as a result of that, they're not able to do a release of their original demo. And that caused like some friction. So maybe because he is uh, channeling all of his Metallica anger towards Lars, it's his anger towards James has softened in such a way where he can now be reflective like this and be like, I love James. I don't want him to, because you can even hear it when we played that Joe Rogan interview a few weeks back, how he even mentioned there, how he was always really good friends with James and how uh, they got along. There's all those lovely photos of, of them as babies in bathtubs, drinking beer together. I only have a finite amount of anger. <laughs> if I start hating one person more, I have to reduce my hatred for someone else. Yeah. Got to ration it out. <laughs> or maybe he's just promoting an album and wants everybody to buy it. And so he's being nice to everybody. Metallica maybe. fans. I really like James a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are we off the air? Thank God. I fucking hate that guy. Oh, exactly. <laughs> look at these two. These two lovebirds. Put up sh Shifty Shortcake's comment. Are you saying <laughs> he's angry again? Ow! <laughs> angry again. Angry again. Ow! Ow! That song has a lot this of very good, good uh, Dave Mustaineisms in it. Uh, there's also another uh, uh, Mustaine quote. I linked it. In, in our uh, private chat here. In the G chat. Oh, and in the uh, G chat and the private you. chat. So Let's see. wherever you get it. Uh, and so this is a text quote. So we don't have the audio here. So, oh, no. Darren, we're going to need your uh, interpretation. I have been secretly hoping there'd be a day when James and I can write together again. I think the world really does want us to do that. And I think there's a pretty good possibility of it happening down the line. I do think that it's possible that one day James is going to come around and that he and I are going to be able to do something together again. I guess that's one of the things that has always kept me pushing forward. I think it'd be good for Megadeth. It'd be great for Metallica too. Yeah, sure. They need the help from Megadeth. <laughs> yeah, they definitely need it. They're going broke over there. 
What would, uh, it, would this be? This actually, as you were reading it, it gave me flashbacks. I remember a few album cycles ago, he was pitching. The, this was during when the big four were playing. He was saying how he'd want to do a band that was Lars, James, himself, and David Ellison when he was still cool with David. Do you remember that? He kept, he said it in like four or five interviews. We kept joking. We kept laughing mm-hmm. about it. And then there were finally, there was one week where he said like, oh, someone in the Metallica camp like hit me up and was like hey stop saying that yeah that's it's never so, gonna happen that's so pathetic because it's like he's not you know he's not some jerk off busking on the train i mean he's got like seven platinum albums if you want to do a project with them fine call the guy up like you, <laughs> yeah. don't go to the fucking magazine and be like i really want to play with these guys and then they publicly go no like fuck you we don't want to like wouldn't you cover your ass first and ask them but personally? so it, it plays into my theory that he is distributing all of his anger to Lars because now you see he no longer is pitching. He could have said, oh, I really want to write with James and Lars. Yeah. He didn't yeah. say Lars. You're right. Fuck Lars. Well, who would really? Fuck no. his little Danish friend. Well, who would? Jessica Miller would fuck him. Oh, who? I don't Well, that's, he's got his load. Like, who would fuck him if he wasn't a multi-trillionaire, though? He's a little dried up little raisin. You, gotta, you need more than money, though. You got to have some personality, right? No. Yeah, he does. A, his personality's terrible, though. Yeah. He's got, a lot, he's got a lot of money. That's all. That's how I he, he seems like a, like a fun he guy. Has, to he has famous friends. Yeah. He's got a lot of all of his positive personality traits have nothing to do with him. Like he's like oh, the worst member of of a of a great famous band you know what i mean like he's just a little a little turd <laughs> he's not a nice person i'm not gonna sit here and kiss his ass oh i like metallica gonna, what, what did he do to you nothing to me but i mean like yeah, well he you know he was kind of condescending i guess when i met him in person but Oh Wait, yeah, you met I told the story like a month ago. Well, he but he was he was sort of <laughs> I patronizing. Totally. I, I, I met him when I was eighteen. He came into the store I was working in, and he was like, uh-huh. there was just a whole gaggle of people waiting to to him for him to take a not to take pictures, but like it was before cell phones, but like to sign things or just to say hello to him. And I was I got to my turn. It wasn't like a signing or nothing. He just walked in to buy something, mm-hmm. and like. You know, I just went up to him and I was like basically shaking and freaking out because I didn't know there was no like metal news that I would know that this guy was a, mm-hmm. a a dorko. You know, he was just a great to my mind, a great musician, my favorite band. So, and I just went up. And he was like, "Man, calm down, man. It's all right, man. Calm down, relax. You know, it's okay. Don't worry about it." But it was like very in a very patronizing way. But but it was know, his did. way of saying, "Trust me, I'm not that great." Yes, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, like, how is he supposed to? Re- no, 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 no. I mean, like, I, all right, let me rephrase that because I, I know when I told the story, I gave him credit because he could have, like, it could have been, it could have been worse. You know what I mean? Like, he could have, yeah, been, like, get the fuck out of here. I acknowledge. And also, that. he also, you have to put in the point. Yeah, like he's trying to shop. He's already getting mobbed by people. It's, it's not the most comfortable environment for him. I think that's what you said last time. <laughs> well, I, I imagine it to be that way. I just felt like uh, kind of like, you know, I, I guess maybe yeah. embarrassed by being an 18 year old and like, you know, going up mm-hmm. to this, some dude in, in person and be like, you know, I'm a fan of yours. And he didn't do anything to really like 
ease that too well. But I, he's not. I feel like he's not that great at like social interactions. Well, but I, but also that was a, a while ago. Perhaps in the interim, he's gotten much better at it. Oh, and also, let's be fair, Darren. You were wearing your female beaver inspector shirt at the time. All right, I forgot that detail. <laughs> it was a, a you sold. It was sold at the record store. You got a freebie. I got a promo. That's just yeah. a promo. I'm not really a female beaver inspector. Like, <laughs> you got to get licensed for that. I just do the shirt. You just wear a shirt. You know? <laughs> he's just naturally, he's against authority figures. So he just yeah. thought that you were a fed. Like when I like when I wear, you know, like a Mets jersey. I'm not on the Mets. Yeah. You know? I'm not a real. F- Lars, look, I'm not a real federal beaver inspector. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, bro, you got to come down. Cool. <laughs> Hell, he likes the FBI anyway. Like, you know, <laughs> I thought that was Dave. Pro Dave. FBI going after Napster. And oh all yeah, that's true. Was it the FBI? I don't know. Some feds went after them though. But he was ultimately, I think, his stance was right. Uh, okay, but he's still on the side of the FBI, or, or the he's on the side of making money. If FBI is going to help him with right. that, then inspect yeah. all the beavers he wants. They join hands like that. But his, well, I think his issue wasn't necessarily that fans were getting the music. It was that these venture capitalists were profiting off of this illegal activity, which he was right about. Okay. (laughs) I I just like Napster and liked having it. Yeah. Exactly. I love Napster. Napster was was great for me as well. Uh, And there's other great uh, alternatives. Like SoulSeek, I feel, was better than Napster ultimately. But Napster was a wonderful time. I use SoulSeek because of Rob. SoulSeek still mm. exists, believe it or not. You, I think we that's how, mentioned that. Too. Yeah, that's how great of an app it is. Bless its heart. Oh, what is it like a paid service now? Like, what is it? No. Is it still illegal? I I don't. I feel like I use it, but I think it's 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 different now. They've but, legitimized themselves somewhat. Yeah. Monetize so. it. Yeah, I don't remember. But what a wonderful time. How about LimeWire? I heard that still exists, too. I that believe the they somebody bought brought the brand back this year to do NFTs, which is oh wrong. god, get the fuck out! Lime wires the was the worst. If you weren't around in that time period, it was like a another Napster, but like just loaded with viruses and like mislabeled mislabeled songs and media and stuff. It was like a, it was like playing fishing. You you don't know yeah. if uh, what you're getting is accurate. But right, and Napster yeah. I think had like a, a voting system or something. Like you could see which things were like more well, likely give to it, like, be which wrong. users. Yeah, which users were more reliable. Yeah, and, and also also what I loved about Napster is if you downloaded like an album from a guy and it's it's a good, you can go into that guy and see their entire library <laughs> and <Yeah>. just fucking loves <laughs> going into guys. You're you already go going into that. Show? I'm sorry. You can go into that user's music library mm-hmm. and just go. Th- and it's already, yeah. you know, like you're downloading metal, so he's gonna have a lot more metal. You really expand your catalog. I never did that though. I was always like, who does this guy think he is? I'm not that respectful of his music taste. That I'm gonna take all of it. I'll just take these little things. Let people come like, and what? take my entire catalog. I'm gonna also. Be I think I want to also chain. say that Naps. The reason I think another thing about napster is it was the first app that came out right after higher speed internet became Mm. more readily available so i think the phenomenon of digital hoarding was like so fresh 
that people were like like myself yeah. like i was just addicted to like i need to have the, this band's entire discography and like yeah, this whole genre's that. entire discography because it was the first time you could really like dive into that and it was yeah. so fun i needed it on my ipod on those cdrs you get that big hundred spindle of cdrs exactly. and just burn all the albums first it started with the cdrs and then they would make compact disc players that would read data discs so you wouldn't have to you could just burn mp3 discs so you could right. have thousands of songs or maybe hundreds Probably 700 hundreds. megabytes yeah hundreds of songs on one on one cd which was game changing game changing now i'm going to tell you about the pre napster uh hoarding of music and this is a story from the same uh the same store where i met laz aldrich and uh <laughs> and uh it was this guy who was kind of like my boss but in a different department basically everybody was looting the store the security guards were all like corrupt and looting the store there this was, was one... a, a popular music chain at yes the time, right like yeah, yeah yeah and there was uh and there was like one serious security guard who would monitor cameras and do all this stuff and he worked eight hours like everybody else. And when he went home, the looting began. Everyone was just taking <laughs> CDs. And my my this guy who was like kind of my superior was the worst one. And he uh, would just just take stuff, put it in his bag, go on a lunch break, go to his house. He lived kind of close by, come back and drop, drop it off and go back to work. So anyway, one time my friend and I had to go over to his house once for something like he was going to loan my friend something well i don't even remember why we were there but he's like hey take a walk with me so i went with him and i'm looking and he has a tiny apartment like a closet and every piece of the wall from the kitchen to the bathroom to the bedroom every piece of available wall had cds in towers like he had those towers he and, stole uh, the towers as well <laughs> if i had a guess if i had a guess he had yes they sold them there too if I had a guess, he had probably 10,000 CDs. And my friend goes to him, uh, hey, you got a lot of CDs. Like, yep. And he says, oh, you're a big fan of the B-52s. Because he looks and on the shelf, there's like literally every copy <laughs> of every B-52s album, every single, every European import, to, you know, live, whatever. And he goes, what? No. Why you say that? He's like, well, look, you got all these B-52s. He says, oh, I know what happened. I really liked that song Rock Lobster, and I didn't know which album it was on, so I just reached in, in the sh catalog and took every single CD out. And put it right back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what was going on in this place. <laughs> Amazing. That was, that's analog hoarding. Yes, yeah. that's the same phenomenon, I believe, because you have immediately you've learned that you have this new access to every song ever made for right. free. Which he did too. I mean, in a sense, <laughs> if he's willing to just take Certainly, it. Certainly, yeah. Got the artwork too. But that's isn't that how music should be? Like, and if you decide you like this song, give the artist some money. And I think if that was the way it worked, it would just work. But isn't that really how it is now? No, because because the the it's the music is possible to be traded between people. Like I could theoretically share it with you for free, and they don't mm -hmm. like that. Like the the studios don't like that because there's this giant middle. How man. is it shared for free? What do you mean? It, you can share it for free, where they still get paid on it, though. 
Well, don't they get paid like a tiny amount on Spotify and stuff and all that? Like the artists? No, see, here's here's the thing. Go ahead. Spotify's pay is fine. The issue is they have shitty deals with their labels or they have deals that like predate streaming. So they just they're not getting their cut of the pie. But there's plenty of people who are spotted like who are bedroom producers who are millionaires yes right but right but that's not how like the studios there's still a gigantic middleman squatting on all this stuff that well exists. now the middleman is theoretically spotify or or the streamer is now the middleman no it's, longer the label oh, but the label is more just a bank that, that provides you a loan uh to do production but you don't need that you could just do it yourself well good yeah <laughs> so everything's not. fixed yeah, the music industry is uh, the mu- well the the distribution of revenue is obviously uh, not could be better mm-hmm. for the artists, but that's kind of up to them to negotiate in a way. It just feels to me I'm not an expert as nearly as much as you are. It just feels I feel like for consumers it's never there's never been a better time for consumers, sure, but it feels like it's still in flux, moving towards. It's, I feel like it would be better than 1995 <laughs> or something. I think it's but, better than 2000. You know, I, I like just, it's better than when Napster was around. At least they're getting something for this stuff. Okay. No, I think it's worse for consumers because the product is shittier. Yeah, that's true. What product? I, that's, not, that, that's not necessarily because of the availability of it. No, I mean, it's well, the availability of shitty stuff. There's more to sort through, I would yeah, say. Like, too. There's, yeah. there, but there's more of good. There's more good stuff and also way more shitty stuff. Is there more uh, good stuff? I think anyone yeah, who immediate access any, to good stuff. Any good artist who's out there who could potentially make music is making it. Like basically, like they have the at least they have the means to do it. So That's anyone close. it's way more likely that good music is going to make it to your ears, I would say. Not mm-hmm. mine, because I just actively refuse it. That's yeah, but that's your choice. Yes. But if someone wants to hear it, they have remember I'm opt- zero spirit. That's right. Zero S. Yeah. S zero S. Sid zero spirit. Lovely. Thank you. Uh, Zach on YouTube says I used to download like half a song, 56k dial up only. Then I would go out and buy the records. I used to buy the records too, like because I like having the artwork and all that stuff. Like having a physical copy of something, but I just could never afford it. Really? I mean, I could. I mean, I had limited fun. I mean, I could afford it in the sense of like, yes, I had ten dollars, but then I could spend that ten dollars on you know, like lunch or whatever. So it was eat or listen to coins. (laughs) Exactly. Until Napster came. (laughs) Until Napster, yeah. Fucking well, even pre now, no, before Napster, there was just AOL chat rooms. Lars took sandwiches away from Rob. That piece of shit. (laughs) Fucking Lars Aldridge. I'll find you one day. (laughs) I gotta give credit for that because I, I, there was a comedian I saw an open mic once who was just fucking hilarious. He did like ten minutes and it was on everything. It was like he did one joke from here, one joke from here. One of them was just a bit about Lars Ulrich, and he just insisted on saying his name is Lars Aldrich. Lars Aldrich. You know that guy, Lars Aldrich from Metallica? And then he did like two minutes on that, and it was just so fucking funny. 
I couldn't tell you what it was about. All I remember is Laz Aldrich. <laughs> well, it stuck with you. And now <laughs> that comedian is Sebastian Maniscalco. That's huge. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, much funnier than that. <laughs> that guy's like a super duper star, right? Like, I, yes. I'm so confused yeah, by his massive success. The There's a lot of people I, like that to me nowadays, like maybe in the last five to ten years that I never hear them at all. But they became famous by having Instagram accounts and stuff that I never followed or interacted yeah. with or Who whatever. People. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'll point one out to you when I think of one. I can't think of one right now, but he is one. He's a perfect example of that. The other one is uh, what's the guy that did that? Uh, um, Bo Burnham, who I actually mm-hmm. like, but he I, he, I, I never heard of him until he had that special, the first one of the two. And I thought it was great. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they suck. I, I mean, I really like him too. But just the, the phenomenon of people springing out of nowhere. Yeah. Because the internet is so enormous that you might be over here in your corner. You used to have like, you know, three TV networks. Yeah. Someone would be on one of those inevitably and become famous that way. So you couldn't miss it. Now it's just really weird. Like they just one day they're just automatically famous like Sebastian Manicalco or whatever the fuck. I, mean. I still I look at him and I'm like he is he an impractical joker? <laughs> he could he be. looks it I sounds mean, like he would be an impractical joker. He? If he wasn't, he grew up down the block from them. Is he from the impractical family tree? Is he one of the <laughs> branches? He's, a, he's Staten Islandish. I think he's more Long Island. He gives me more. Uh, I mean, is it really that different? Just from yes. one, one none of the he's city from Illinois. Other. He's not even from over here. What? What? That's, Get out of here. That's just whether you come from the armpit or New York wow. or the asshole in New York. That's, I am stunned to learn this. He's an Illinois boy. What I don't like about Arlington Heights. So is he doing a character, or does he actually talk like that from Illinois? No, he's born to two Italian immigrants. Yeah, but they don't talk. Italians don't talk like that in Illinois, do they? But if they're immigrants, I guess they still have the old school Giuseppe shit going on. I don't know. But they don't talk like Sebastian Maniscalco in Italy. I haven't been to Italy. I don't know, Rob. Is Italy's near (laughs) Antwerp, right? I've never been. It's like a couple Rel- of relatively compared yeah. to here, guys. You hear Scalco accents when you were in Antwerp? No. Ladies and gentlemen, Sebastian Maniscalco. Woo! Yes, I was in Antwerp the other day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's where my parents come from. <laughs> he's like he's like a muted uh, Andrew Dice Clay to me. Yeah, sort of less dirty, but somewhat dirty. Is he dirty? I feel like I've. He says a few curses. No, he's like very PG. That's he's PG thirteen. That's his. Yeah, that's his whole appeal. Is that like, you know, he's for he's a comedian for uh, people who aren't fans of comedy. That's how I. He's Dane Cook of this decade. It's just for people who just want want a a fun night out that doesn't uh, threaten their sensibilities too much, and they can just laugh a little bit. But he does have a few like slightly edgy jokes. He's not like, you know, fucking Rich Little or something. You know, he's Is he got the Italian Jerry Seinfeld. No, That's he's one of more his big influences. I think he's more edgy than Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. Slightly. I, I say, like I said, Rob said PG. I would say PG 13. Probably not in his private life, but on I've, stage. Uh, to be fair, he's I've probably seen probably had fucking 10 teenagers. <laughs> 10 minutes of his material or so I've seen. So I can't really speak to it. Yeah. Uh, but 
He's a super duper star. Good for him. Good for yeah. him. Just don't need you on my TV screen, okay? He's like the people that would watch ridiculousness just like five episodes in a row. That's who likes <laughs> Sebastian Maniscalco. Like, yeah. Is that show still on? I don't think I ever watched that show either. I watched, you know, here like flipping. It's on it. literally right now. It's on twenty hours a day. What was <laughs> the difference between that and Tosh Point oh? Tosh Point oh was like a like coverage of memes and yeah, like yeah, internet yeah. culture. That, ridiculous is the ridiculous is it's like home videos. But in, in format wise, it's like it would just be Tosh Point oh would be like talking about it in a daily show format. Uh-huh. And ridiculousness is like sort of like life's like we're gonna do a watch along of memes. So they oh, react yeah. in real time as opposed to we've already yeah. seen this and now here's the right. jokes we wrote. Okay. They have three yeah. panelists you know. and a host. And the okay. panelists, they watch the memes for like the first time. They've, they're seeing them for the first time and they're like, oh shit, look at that guy. I just broke a table or something. You know, and were the badass. panelists just like jackass guys or and stuff? No, or like, they're like musicians. Uh, like, like TikTok celebrities. Instagram influencers and like pretty girls. And, you know. All right. Sometimes they're musicians. Whoever's Sometimes around. they're comedians. All right. This is the same show over and over and over. Yeah. Forever. Uh, in a live cast meme check-in, uh, live cast meme Hall of Famer Succulent Chinese Meal has a horse, a racehorse named after him. In fact, mm. let's see. Let's that. uh, let's let's check out this footage. Does Mike Francesa have a piece of this action here. Got a great deal of room and democracy oh, yeah. matched by Beagle. Shame on us, very deep. Now Narito's back on the inside and is slicing through, but there's not a great deal of room. And democracy manifest in plenty of traffic. Bowman yeah. guides him into the clear, falling off the lead. Stromboli being joined here by Shalal. Democracy manifest wide out with Mensa missile. It's Stromboli. Democracy manifest. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's more Chinese meals. Democracy, democracy manifest. <laughs> to win the last big win from either Shadow Devil late on the scene and Stromboli the inside with Shalal. I know which. And then I know which horse Sid put his money on. Stromboli for sure. Mm. I love that the guy calling the race though knew the reference and was able to mm-hmm. throw out mm-hmm. jokes about the name of the horse and you didn't just think it was just another name. Props to him. I guess that's probably like an even more popular meme in Australia than it is generally, right? So maybe that guy's like a superstar there. And the horse in the fourth lane just said, "Get your hand off my penis." <laughs> that's a gelding. Right? Isn't that what they cut their dicks off? Isn't yeah. that what that is? With this, in this case, it's the jockey trying to make him go faster. Oh, no, no. Well, should make something happen He's faster. He's edging. He just gets him to go <laughs> just close to coming, just... and then he stops, and the horse gets mad and goes faster. At just at the end of the racetrack, there's just horse vaginas. Oh. They got to get to him quick. You want to get your horse dick in there. Oh, sorry, Sid. Step on your joke there. It's quite, or it probably needed to be stepped on. (laughs) Step on that horse, Dick. Yes. (laughs) I see that you know your judo well. (laughs) His delivery of that line kills me every time. He's so sad and defeated. He's resigned to his penis touching and arrest. Give him all the Oscars. PTA, penis touching and arrest. It's a fun <laughs> night out for some people. Mm. If you go on the uh, Right Stuff app, that's probably a box you could check to get all that stuff. 
before we uh before we go on i want to mention of a of a japanese a famed japanese figure who sadly passed away antonio inoki the ultimate the ultimate chad of his day like when did he pass away uh last night oh shit yeah he's been sick for a little bit and Antonio Inoki is essentially the f- most famous wrestler in Japan. Top three, maybe, let's say. He's the Hulk Hogan of Japan. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you've seen those Chad memes of the guy with the the really big chin. Like, that's Antonio Inoki. Yeah. He's like, look at this dude's chin. It's fucking insane. And this is him when he's old that's, already. Yeah. Like, let me, let me do Antonio Inoki. Yeah. The man was a stud. And uh, cool, he had a famous match. Calm down. Would, <laughs> although Wait, I'm not sure he would let anybody top him. W O O D or W O O D? Both. W O U L D. He had a famous match with uh, Muhammad Ali that a lot of historians consider the first mixed martial arts match. It really was because it mixed uh, boxing with uh, with well, like he was restricted. So the whole thing about it was. He wasn't allowed to throw any strikes, uh, Inoki. So what he did was he just got on his back and he would throw kicks. And he actually fucked up Ali really bad from the kicks. And people, people, uh, observers would say that Inoki won the fight. But because Ali was such a big star, they they ruled it a draw. <clears throat> but it was a very famous match. Is, are those kicks what gave Muhammad Ali Parkinson's? Oh, no. Well, he didn't kick him in the head. He kicked him in the legs. He messed no. up his legs a lot. So his yeah. legs only had Parkinson's from this? <laughs> the tremors uh, were so strong, they went all the way up to his head, but they well, started with knees. Uh, I wanted to share uh, this video, which is how I always remember. Antonio Inoki was considered a god in, in pro wrestling. He founded New Japan Pro Wrestling. I miss which- the old Japan. <laughs> there is no old Japan pro wrestling fight. There's an all Japan. There's all kind of, Japan. Kind of sounds similar. Yeah, good yeah. enough. Uh, but so after he retired, so his whole thing, like his move was he had like some serious chops and slaps. And he he was the uh the cheerleader of, of the the thought of fighting spirit, which is no matter how much pain you're in. You fight through it, and you get the spirit. And if you have the the ultimate fighting spirit, who, whoever has the most fighting spirit is the one that will win the battle. So two spirit individuals would have an advantage, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? They, they would have two double fighting spirit. Two FS. Two FS. So, like, did Tatanka ever participate? Because he probably <laughs> like. I don't think he wrestled in New Japan, but so yeah. and. Because he is the god of fighting spirit, there was this mythical belief that if you were slapped by Antonio Inoki, that he would literally, well, not figuratively, he would he would slap the fighting spirit into you. You would get some of his fighting spirit force transferred into you oh. via slap. And so there was this iconic moment uh, at a show at, at a Anoki tribute. Show oh my god! Every wrestler in the locker room, and I think other people, just literally lined up to to get slapped by Anoki. And, and he's just, they get a slap, and they're like, "Thank you," and then they walk off. Those don't <laughs> even look like hard slaps. Well, he's an old man. 
What are your yeah, memories of Anoki Dorinsky? Uh, I just, I mean, I'm in awe of this guy. I, I never followed yeah. the MMA stuff, um, but I just, yeah, he's just—he created so many things. Oh, that he I loved. slapped a woman in the face. Hey, she wanted it. Uh, she got in the line, buddy. Yes. <laughs> he just created so many <laughs> things that I love. You know. Yes, agree. And, and it's that goes beyond any of his individual matches. You know, beyond yeah, exactly beyond his body of work, he, the amount of people that he's influenced who are favorites of mine is immeasurable. Right. Uh, there's a photo from Hulk Hogan's wedding that's so funny uh, because it's an uh, the- fucking Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good photo oh my god no, he slept the spirit of chicken parm out of her <laughs> uh no because there was so much respect for Noki that he was in the center of the photo in between yeah. hogan and andre the giant over hogan and his wife linda who just literally looks like female hogan. look at linda's wife here i mean linda's mom <laughs> linda's wife she looks like and uh, who's this fucking chef Chef, just like oh, that was a a, a, one of the WWF Vince McMahon uh, career gimmicks. Like he didn't know that he showed up in character, and then he didn't know that it it was a uh, a wedding, like a regular wedding. He got his wife shunted off to the side for Inoki. I love that. But yeah, one of the best Inoki, one of the wildest Inoki matches I've seen is Inoki versus Vader. Mm -hmm. This is where Vader's big debut in Japan, and Inoki let Vader beat the shit out of him. It was essentially like that Brock Lesnar John Cena match, and the crowd was stunned. I feel like when I, oh sorry, sorry, when I was uh, like getting into Japanese wrestling, like tape trading and all that shit. Like, I feel like I got to uh, Enoki appreciation late. Like I, I was more because he was already 50 by that point when I started doing that stuff. So or maybe late 40s. So I was like more trying to like see the newer like current current stars and everything. And I didn't like have a full appreciation of the history of Japanese wrestling and all that. Uh, but like when the Internet kind of took over and blew up. Feel like I looked into his backstory a lot more and realized what he did for for wrestling in general, not just New Japan, not just Japan, but like I feel like he has influence all over. Like basically those flare chops, you know, kind of kind of mm-hmm. are mimicking him, you know, and ev- that everyone woos about. Uh, also, he uh, became a politician, and definitely some shady stuff. He worked with North Korea. Uh, and he worked with the Soviet Union <laughs> at the there? time Wasn't of the Cold like War. The Dark Side of the Ring, all about him brokering some yes, WCW the collision in to... Korea. Yeah. Yes. yes, yeah. He was also accused of uh, working with the Yakuza. And oh, absolutely. Bribes, and that's yes. why he he resigned from his post. Well, what's interesting is that uh, he was embezzling money from the company that he founded, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and when wrestlers. Uh, came calling uh, and ended up leaving. Uh, it forced him into a position to innovate and allow these other wrestlers to come. So, if he never embezzled money, <laughs> certain wrestlers wouldn't have quit the promotion, and then certain other wrestlers who ended up becoming iconic figures in Japanese pro wrestling wouldn't have gotten their shot, just like his land. 
because the spot wouldn't have been open because that guy wouldn't have quit because he wasn't getting paid. Jesus Christ. But ultimately, they resolved it by having uh, all of those wrestlers who quit come to the ring one by one and Anoki slapped the shit out of them. <laughs> so that and was all of a sudden, there was $300 extra in their wallet. <laughs> yeah, what? How did this happen? <laughs> I thought I was just going to get Fighting Spirit. I got $300. He also kind of gives me like this Arnold Schwarzenegger vibe, you know, where like everybody knows who he is and like respects yep. him and like thinks he's a, and tough he's a guy. politician. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, everybody respects Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, not like, but you know, like culturally, uh, culturally. Yeah. 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 I guess I, I respect him culturally yeah. as a person. Yes. Maybe not. So yeah. Much. I think he's a great iconic figure in our culture that I love. Like Michael Jackson. I can say the same about Michael Jackson. He's a horrible human being. But I love his work. He's not a great artist? What? He's done some good music. You don't it's think he's a great listen. artist? Too. It's hard to listen to now. <laughs> sure, yeah. He is. I just I just wanted to let your comments stand alone there. <laughs> I don't, okay. I, I, but I said he was a horrible human being. I'm yeah. not defending his crimes. But I'm saying that's a good example, like a comparison point. Like I've, I don't think Enoki is nearly, or Schwarzenegger either, is as bad as Michael Jackson. No, but it's a comparison point where you can set. Oh, Mustaine, there's another one. I think he's a great artist, but I don't think respect him as a person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, this actually ties into our Spotify uh, playlist because Darren, your song. Uh, uh, I played a Noki theme song. Oh, what is it? Hono no Faita or Enoki Bomaye is the, the, the chant mm-hmm. during the song, which he took from uh, the Ali uh, fight in, in uh, oh, yes. Africa because the, the crowd was chanting Ali Bomaye, which means kill him. Ali, oh, kill God. him. And that became like a, a pro Ali chant. A rally cry, yeah. Which by this reminds me, another insane match. He had a match with Masa Saito that was just in a jungle. Like, talk about pre-COVID innovation. <laughs> this was that? they just filmed it like a cinematic match, and it was like an hour long, and it's awful, but it's fucking wrestling in a jungle. It's great. Right. And it's an actual jungle, it's not like a set. No, no, no. They're yeah, they're in the jungle. Yeah, they can't afford a set. So what do they like throw each other into trees and shit? Yeah, it's yeah. everything you assume it is. <laughs> watch along yeah i'll I'll watch that kidding me uh and uh, my song pick is in honor of the italian uh elections last week with their their new uh far-right politician uh my song is der mussolini uh no i it's just a coincidence because uh you know i've been on this whole goth kick uh lately you, why and are you I've kicking just... these poor people? They're frail. They're sad. <laughs> it's it's those very thick leather boots I'm wearing. They just make me want to kick. Let's I, see. Show the show feet, Rob. Uh, I'm not wearing boots right now. I'm wearing slippers. Show. Okay, okay. go get them. Go get them. There you go. Anyone wants to donate? We'll put Rob's cash app in the. Uh, <laughs> you want to pay for feet picks? Yeah. Yeah, he'll take. Or, the or if you want to get me those, like got like you see, I have like double wide uh, feet. I, I can only shop online now because my feet are so fucking gigantic. So if you can get me some double wide goth boots, I'd appreciate it. Goth kicking, goth kicking equipment. Yeah, uh, but um, 
So yeah, by it's by Giorgio Moroder and DAF. I've been listening to New jo- New Deutsch Hardness, which is like New Deutsch Hardness. It's just like you know industrial stuff. It's nice. What was the name of that group? DAF. Duff. I thought I heard a murder in there. Oh, uh, they're with G- uh, Giorgio Moroder, oh. who's a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Giorgio murder murder. <laughs> And Sid, what's your pick? The band Murdo. Chisel. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't played a show since 1997. They were uh, Ted Leo, iconic indie rocker Ted Leo, before going solo, was in a band with his brother. The band was called Chisel from New Jersey. And they haven't played since 97. But there's some fest going on in L.A. next year called Numero 20. I don't know what that means or what it, what the deal is. but apparently it's number 20. All right, yeah, but I don't. I think Numero is a record label or something. I don't know. I've never heard of it before, but apparently it's a thing. So they're getting back together to play this fest, and it's their first shows since '97, which I think is the year I actually first heard them, and they were already broken up by then. Uh, and our good pal Bushwick Barry was tell- mm. talking to me about this because he's a huge Ted Leo fan and a huge mm-hmm. Chisel fan. I was like, that's cool, but I, I don't know that I like Chisel quite enough to go cross-country for them. Hopefully, if they're playing a reunion show at L.A., they'll also play one in Jersey, where they're from, and I will gladly go to that. I'd, I'd cross state lines. I just don't know. I'd go coast to coast. But anyways, my favorite Chisel song on Warmer Music is my playlist pick because they were a very, very good indie rock, poppy punk band, and that's my favorite song. And maybe I'll see them eventually. All right, and as we mentioned, we have a brand new roundtable on our Patreon, five bucks a month, patreon.com slash RAPLivecast. And if you want to throw us a few extra bones, uh, 10 bucks a month, you are a top Livecast fan of the week. And you will get a shout out at the end of the show, which is in just a few seconds. But I want to mention, if you want to support the show, don't want to throw any bones, you know, hold on to your money, like I mentioned about buying CDs. Understandable. There's plenty of ways you could support us. You could leave a review. On our uh, uh, pod, on your podcast platform of choice, where you listen, you can send us some feedback, rapalivecast at gmail.com, or you can send us instant feedback on our Discord chat. Uh, you can get it, at, you can get an invite at rapalivecast.com. Uh, the invite to our Discord is there. Also, uh, the invite to send us feedback is there as well. So do that. And some Rob feed picks. Mm, yum, maybe. yum. By the way, RIP uh, this week stands for Right Stuff Investor Pazbani. Hmm. Because I bet you, much like Peter Thiel, you just want profits. So you can yeah. go and invest in that app. I threw some money in uh, in Peter Thiel's uh, Palantir uh, company. Isn't that the drummer oh. from Gojira? No, that's the good memory, though. It's Mario Duplantier. Yeah. Close. Same thing. Close. I had an RIP too. Oh, do it. No, what's yours? Robba's incredulous podiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when he gets his butt bump drained. He gets it injected into his feet. That's why his feet are so wide. Uh, get all that extra pus just stored for some reason in there. It's got to hurt. I don't know why you do that. I do go to a. I do go to an orthopedic doctor actually for my butt bump, but not a podiatrist. Oh. Why? I guess that those are the people who look at the butt. Orthopedic you know? people, isn't that feet though? It's legs. It's just below the pelvis. Uh, so for your dick, you would go to an orthopedic doctor? 
I guess so. Yeah. No, you won't. Oh no, no, no. Well, it's the bone. Oh, I guess it's the bone in the skin. I don't know, but it's the. I could say maybe it's because of like how your lower body impacts how your feet operate, but I think they're strictly feet. But I think I could see how their practice relates to the other parts of yeah. the legs and the back and the butt, but. I think they're feet doctors. I could be wrong. Oh my god, have I been going to the wrong? What have but they been doing? Why do I have a foot on my butt? <laughs> I feel like any doctor could aspirate a pussy bomb. Yeah, sure. Well, no, I'm going to a separate department for that. I'm going to the radiology department. I mean, I could do it if you got a few minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Easy peasy. <laughs> All right, top live cast fans of the week. Uh, how are we doing this, folks? Uh, let's see. Do it as, uh, um, oh yeah, do it as, uh, what's her face? Um, fucking SNL lady who just left, uh, McKinnon, Kate McKinnon's, uh, RBG impression. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, come on. A final That's farewell. A that was your favorite, Rob. You know it was. Is it the one when she raps? Did she rap? The Ginsburn. Well? She'd do the Ginsburn. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> come on, Rob. No, you know you have that in you. You have the power to do that impression. Mm, I'm not feeling it. Let's see what else we got. <laughs> Darren, do you have a, do you have a, a a way to deliver these lines? I, all right, I have an idea. Why don't oh, you boy. do it as uh, Kate McKinnon as uh, <laughs> R RGB? <laughs> I'll do it. As, uh, what was that other one? That, what was some of the guy ones that she did? Well, Dusty Rhodes muffler says, "I do it as Antonio Inoki." Oh no! I don't even know how to like, impersonate him. Yeah, like, no, steps. Line up, okay. <laughs> Eric, Benjamin, <laughs> El Dorino, Dan Art, Sam, I am. Ow! Mini Mayor Skipper. Ow! Jander. Ow! Ow! AKA Justin. Ow! That really hurt. Cattle decaf. What are you doing? Stop slapping me. Rabo <laughs> Ow! You oh, go like Stacos. Ow. Lando Diggs. Ow. LaCroix. Ow. Corey and Scotty H, no slaps for you because you're underage. Oh. What? <laughs> Doug Pigman. Ow. Douglas, who are you, Levison? Who are you? Hey, guys. It's Josh. Deserve slapping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our show, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We love you. We kiss you. We'll see you next week.